It is the 200 level episode 183. Amazing. M-A-I-Z-E. We're going to do the pun for the day after because that podcast last night, that game last night, a pun title would not have done it justice. We called it the greatest game ever played. And as I have tried to collect my thoughts today, and it's been difficult, as I've tried to collect my thoughts today and contextualize what we saw, that is the greatest performance when you consider the circumstances the greatest regular season performance I have seen from an Illinois team in my life. And when you say greatest ever and you start to rank them, I understand that can be a kind of futile exercise, but this applies. When you kind of scan Twitter last night or even just texts that you might have gotten from friends and family as you're watching this game, I think we were all shell-shocked in the best way possible. We were speechless. I know last night there was more dead air on that podcast between me, Trevor, and Isaac than we probably ever had, but it was coming from a place of genuine jubilation and joy and just, what? What is going on here? Because it's not a question as if, you know, did we think this team was good or not, or did we think this team could compete? It wasn't any of that. This wasn't a one-point win, and as Robert Rosenthal had, had written on his website today, a one-point win at Michigan, in those circumstances, would have still been one of the greatest Illini regular season wins when you consider the circumstances. But it wasn't a one-point win. It was domination. For most of the game, if you take the first 10 minutes when it was basically neck and neck, I think it was 10-10 to 10 at the end of 12 timeout, and you go from that point forward, you took a fairly commanding 7-8-9 point lead. I think Michigan got it within four at one point. And then you close the half on a nice little 12-4 to run. Trent Frazier was phenomenal, and we'll get to him in a bit, trust me. But that second half, I mean, we were here the whole time, and I can't tell you how many times I didn't know how to proceed. I wanted to absorb everything that I was watching. I was sort of talking through all the minutia of the play-by-play as this sort of protective thing where, you know, if I keep doing this, I won't jinx us. I didn't want to get macro too early, but I think it's okay to do that now after what we saw yesterday. But of course, we still need to talk about that game and appreciate the fact that we saw history. We saw a game the likes of which we'll never see again in all likelihood. And for 34 years and 30 of them that I've been probably conscious as an Illini basketball fan, I've never seen something like that, and I don't think in my life I'll ever see something like that again. It is some storybook stuff that you saw in Ann Arbor last night. And this team, there were moments this year where I would say they're an easy team to like, but a hard one to love. Because they'd have these moments where they would just appear checked out, not fully into it. The Maryland game was one where you just think, what are we watching here? The Michigan State game. The Michigan State game was a week ago. Think how you felt a week ago after that one. Yeah, we'll turn the page. We'll play Nebraska, have an opportunity up at the Kohl Center. That's all fine and good. But I know a week ago, that Wednesday, I was not feeling all that great about the long-term prospects of this team. They had just gotten punked at Michigan State. And this is how they respond. To think, Io, their best player goes out. They have senior night without Io against Nebraska. No offense, Nebraska ball, but no one cares about you. Then on Saturday, they go to face Wisconsin in a game that Wisconsin needed a lot more than you do on their senior night with all the seniors on their team. And then this, the cherry on top of all of it. You go into Michigan. Michigan has a chance to win the Big Ten title. They have this chip on their shoulder, according to some of their riders out of Ann Arbor, that were saying, well, why would Brad Underwood give Michigan bulletin board material by saying some of the things he said last week? Didn't matter. 
you punked Michigan. You punked the best team in the Big Ten, at least going into that game. And you all but solidified a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I know there's still one more step that you can completely lock it up. But none of us expected that. Excuse me. None of us would have begrudged this team if they would have lost. And I think we were all anticipating. I know myself, Trevor, and Isaac were in the boat that you're going to compete, but eventually you just don't have the horses without Io. And I thought even with Io, you might not have the horses against this Michigan team. Uh, You had the horses. And... (laughs) You made them look bad. Michigan was not good. We can agree on that. The question is how much of that was because of Illinois. And I think quite a bit of it was. There is so much to unpack with that game. It was one of the most fun experiences I've had as a sports fan. Of course, I wish you know we could have been there. I know it was in Ann Arbor. I, I wish we could have been at some of the games at State Farm Center this year, like the Iowa game especially, or the Wisconsin game. That was a beautiful one. And we aren't, and that stinks, that we aren't able to experience that part of it with this team. But if you think about it, because there aren't these, you know, when you take the normalcy out of it, I think we've all been that much more in tune with what this team has done. And every single roller coaster, every peak and valley of this season has felt that much stronger because there's not a whole hell of a lot else to distract us from it. You know, this is it. This is the basketball season that we kind of hinge all of our hopes and dreams onto, and It may pay off. It may pay off beautifully. And last night was the absolute peak of a season that has already had a lot of great memories. But this one is something you can put in your back pocket and keep with you for the rest of your life as an Illini fan. It's one of those. And wow. (laughs) Here I go again. Like I came here thinking, all right, I got a clear head. I'm ready for the day after podcast. I had to do one the day after while this was still fresh, and maybe I could put some more coherent thoughts out there for you. But I assure you, there will be moments in today's podcast where I pause and think, where do I go from here? But I have a feeling this team, wherever they go from here, is going to be something special, and we should be very excited. We should have been excited before last night, but last night affirmed all of our best instincts about this team, and uh, I think it might have done the same for them in the locker room. Before we get too far into this 200 level, a reminder, we're brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com, $6 premium and construction zones. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana, so as you settle in Saturday for a big game against Ohio State, you can lock up a one seat, everybody. I mean, lock it up 100%. Throw away the key. Don't even need to worry about the Big Ten Tournament. Maybe you imbibe a little bit Saturday afternoon. You want to stay at home. Let them bring a piping hot celebratory calzone to your doorstep after Illinois smokes the Buckeyes. dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby. Hey, Corey Bradford t-shirt. It is up. It is live. It is going fast off the shelves. Get there quick. I've been actually messaging with Corey a bit and seeing that on Twitter, you know, There are, I think the 2X might have been out, if not temporarily. Um, I know 4th and Kirby's doing their best to restock as quickly as they can. But it is a time thing, right? You want to hurry and get this thing, especially as we enter March Madness. So the Corey Bradford t-shirt is live on 4thandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at 4thandkirby.com. That goes for any shirt, but yeah, you're going to want the Corey Bradford t-shirt, 4thandkirby.com. RectorConstruction.com, that's R-E-C-T-O-R, construction.com. Everything from a new roof, crawl space inspection, everything in between. 
These guys are not just great at what they do in terms of home projects, but they are local dudes and they service the community. Uh, they are one of those businesses that gives back quite a bit and you know that you're working with good dudes. And I think that matters. You want to be able to trust the guys that are coming into your home, working on stuff. Rector Construction has been around for a while, but uh, there's a reason that anytime you read user reviews and things like that on Google, they are five stars through the roof. So you can trust them. That's R-E-C-T-O-R Construction. Dot com Rector Construction. And another person you can trust, Brian Hansen, State Farm agent. He is our State Farm agent, homeowners and auto. You can, uh, I was about to say coupon code. I get in that rut with coupon code. You don't need one with Brian. It's State Farm prices. And you get personalized service that will make the process absolutely seamless, pain-free. I don't know a lick about insurance, so I got to kind of delegate and fortunately, Brian and his staff made it very easy for Kara and I. So go to brianismyguy.com today for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. One more particular, if you could rate and review us at Apple Podcasts, that is a huge help as we try to get out there to a new audience. I know that our audience has grown exponentially. We had our biggest week ever. This is probably going to be, uh, the previous episode is going to be the biggest one ever. And why not? And oddly enough, it was actually the game at Michigan last year that was our biggest podcast to date. That would have been when Io got the dagger late against Michigan, and this one may take over the number one spot. Okay, I want to start with something and get this out of the way. The Michigan part of this. And it didn't hit me last night because my head was swimming with just positive Illini thoughts. I was not going to go the way of, ha-ha, screw you, Michigan. But man, that part's kind of fun. I was listening to Jeremy's podcast that I, I was on the first half of it. I tuned in for the Ira Weintraub interview. Ira is up in Ann Arbor. He's a fantastic radio guy up there for a long time. Used to join 93.5 quite a bit. He has great personality. Seems like a great dude. And listen, you know, you are going to, whether you know it or not, right? He's a radio guy up there. I think he might be more similar to me than perhaps a Jeremy Warner in that there is some fandom involved. And of course he wants Michigan to win, right? But as I was listening to their interview, Jeremy broached the timeline of Michigan postponing the Illinois game. Ira went into a, a very long and somewhat complicated, if I'm being honest with you, um, spiel about why Illinois and Michigan didn't play three weeks ago. Now, eventually, listen, you had the game scheduled, and I even felt this way yesterday. Just play the game. We're here. We're probably going to be healthy, even though the IO thing didn't happen. Uh, and screw it. I don't need to go back down that rabbit hole. But as I was listening to it, I thought, well, wait a second. This seems like a very roundabout way of, of trying. Like, it felt like deflection or something. Let's keep it very simple. Michigan may not have directly said, we aren't playing Illinois because we don't want to. But I can almost guarantee you that three weeks ago, or was it two weeks ago? I forget. But whenever they came off of their three-week break, they were not rushing to have Illinois as their first game back. I think that's safe to say. Illinois was playing very well at the time. Michigan was coming off of their break. And I don't blame them. I wouldn't fault them. I wish there'd just be more honesty. But instead, whether it be Juwan Howard back then talking about, well, we got this crunch of games and we might miss classes. God forbid Jawan, your guys miss classes, as if that's even a primary, secondary, or tertiary concern in this matter. And then I hear the radio guy up there. Again, I respect Ira. It's not a question of that. But, um, you know, go into this long spiel about why the game, why the women's team could play, 
the night before, but the men's team couldn't play the night after. Well, it's the Big Ten and the way that the schedule. No, 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 no. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. That's not the timeline I remember. It seems like a very well thought out, you know, blame the Big Ten. Of course we blame the Big Ten for that game not happening. But Michigan isn't faultless here, let alone there as an athletic program. I know in this pandemic, these things happen, but when you look at Illinois football and basketball and really all their sports, they have controlled this thing. They have kept their own house clean. And yet we, this basketball program, had to pay because other programs couldn't keep their houses in order, Michigan included. We get the crunch of games at the end of the year. That could have been a negative. Unfortunately, it wasn't. So when I hear Michigan say, hey, listen, it's and Ira was one, and there were a few other guys, I think Brendan Quinn, a rider up there as well, went into this thing that, well, listen, just don't question the character or integrity of this Michigan program. As if the 18 to 22-year-olds in the Michigan roster really give a hoot what Brad Underwood says or think, uh, Coach, uh, Coach Howard, is he questioning our integrity? Give me a break. This is the pomposity that happens with Michigan that reminded me within the last month why I hate freaking Michigan. And I, I hate them with love, just like Iowa. It's fun to hate some Big Ten teams. I think it's healthy to have rivalries. I think it's healthy for Michigan fans to say, shut up, Illinois fans, about the game already. And you know what? They had a point. After a while, they had a, had a point. And it's healthy for us to say, hey, you guys sidestepped us. Screw you, Michigan. That's sports. It's a rivalry. Don't give me this character and integrity BS. It is a game that had a lot of juice in it. And if we went according to these Michigan riders, Brendan Quinn or radio guy like Ira, Illinois should have been shaking in their boots because of the bulletin board material that Brad Underwood gave that Michigan team. Not even close. Michigan got punked. That game was so sweet on so many levels, but let's not kid ourselves. It was great to kick Michigan's butt after everything that transpired the last month. And as we're probably still looking at a situation where they win the Big Ten because one percentage, but man, in one head-to-head, that I'm not going to say asterisk. I kind of broached this yesterday. Michigan will have earned that Big Ten title, right? But there will be that little thing in the back of their mind that the number two team went up there and smoked him. Now, this could all come back the Sunday of the Big Ten tournament and you get a rematch between Michigan and Illinois. I think it'd be a fantastic game. I doubt we get a repeat, even with Iowa back. I doubt we get a repeat of what we saw in Ann Arbor last night. But yes, it's sweet and it's okay to relish in the fact that Michigan, for all their pomposity and they just all their holier-than-thou garbage, you went in there and just made fools of them on national TV when everyone was expecting the Michigan, Vegas included, was probably just going to win this game ho-hum, 8, 9, 10 points. I kind of thought that was going to be the case too. And not only did you flip the script and win, you won by 20-plus points. So that's sweet, guys. Jawan Howard gets the technical yesterday. He's complaining about a foul getting called or not. Listen, I got no beef with Jawan Howard personally, but I don't like him either. And it's okay. It's sports. It's healthy. I respect you, Jawan. You're probably going to build a hell of a program. You clearly are. But I'll take the fact that we're 3-0 against him in the last two years. And I'll take this game that we had without your best player. A statement win if there ever was one for this Illinois team and program as a whole. And think, you know what? We still have something to say about the Big Ten title going forward. Not this year, unfortunately. It would take a Herculean effort by Michigan State and Illinois winning against Ohio State. So it still could happen, right? It still could if Michigan loses out. I know that's a fat chance of that, but it could happen. 
But I think going down the road, when you got the likes of Andre Corbello and Adam Miller and maybe a Kofi coming back, guess what? You would be the Big Ten favorite next year along with the Michigan. So, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to concede anything. In fact, this is how my day went yesterday. And what a long day it was, right? Wake up. Is Iowa going to play? Is he not? And it's funny, just like the Penn State game last year when I woke up, I thought, oh, he's going to play. Before I saw anything, before any rumors were percolating, and then Illinois basketball starts tweeting out pictures of the shoot-around. There's a video that comes out, and there is the masked Io. Now, they were trying to kind of hide him, but not all that much. And in fact, there was one picture that was just Io shooting, and I'm thinking, okay, the official account is not going to pump up Illinois fans only to pull the rug out from under them. That's not how it's going to work, I wouldn't think at least. Well, then we find out about 4 o'clock. Io's not going. Now, we don't know 100% why that is, though Underwood did clarify there was a concussion protocol, and I think it'd be safe to assume that he probably was fine. But I also would understand why athletic programs would have a concussion protocol, especially after everything the NFL went through 10 years ago when that all started, and they want to be safe rather than sorry, and they don't want to put themselves at risk for liability, and they don't want to put the student-athlete at risk. So that's all fine and good, though I'd be lying if I said I wasn't frustrated at the notion that, well, Io probably was good to go. And he looked great on the sidelines for, or for whatever that's worth. He was a great cheerleader, and he looks healthy, and he was still out to shoot around before the game, getting shots up. He'll be there Saturday. He'll be good to go. But yeah, let's not kid ourselves. That was wind out of your sails. At 4 o'clock, I'm out. I go up for a run at 3.30. I'm zoned into the game. I'm listening to podcasts and stuff, getting ready. Okay, here we go. 6 o'clock tip. I.O. probably going to be back. And then by the time I get back to my house, oh, breaking news, he's not. Wind out of my sails. And then eventually, in those two hours between 4 and 6, I come back around to, okay, well, what the hell? What the hell? Let's see what happens. Back into the nothing-to-lose mantra that we had been talking about, that I talked with Jeremy about on Monday. And then the game starts, and it's 2-2, two to two, commercial break. I think another commercial break later, it's 10-10. to 10. Hmm, interesting. We don't look all that great offensively. We're kind of messy, but we're tied. You keep waiting for that barrage from Michigan. That never comes. I thought that as this game started, the biggest question for me was going to be, how did the team respond to Io being out when they thought probably all day long that he was going to play. Because as a fan, I know that my mindset completely changed. And it's okay for me to tune into Illinois, Michigan and say, eh, what the hell, right? I'm a fan. I think I was trying to distance myself in case it was a disappointing game. Players can't do that. They got to be locked in. And boy, oh boy, were they locked in. The defense should have been the clue within the first 10 minutes of the game that Worst case scenario, Michigan's not going to run away with this, right? So then you get 10 minutes in the game, you get to the under eight timeout, you get to the under four timeout, you're up six, seven, eight, nine points. The defense continues to do what they do. Michigan's not getting anything easy. I mean, hell, it felt like Davis was their offensive MVP yesterday, their backup center. No one could get in a rhythm for them. And then you go to halftime on a 12-4 run, you're up 11. And But it, I think it was the eight-minute mark of the first half where I tweeted out, you know, hey, Illini fans, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I mean, we don't need to say it, but I think we're all thinking it. And for the last 30 minutes of game time, we were all thinking it. And then for the last 15 minutes of game time, we got to just sit back, relax, and enjoy a butt whooping because there was no doubt. A few things that really stick out to me 
Trent Frazier, individually, monster performance. I know Trevor used the word proud yesterday, and Trent's not my kid. I've never met him. He is 11, 12 years my junior. <laughs> so it's not something where I can personally say, I'm so proud of you, Trent, but as an Illini fan, and thinking about how much Illini basketball means to me, and how much it means to these guys that for four years, all the effort they put into it. And for Trent specifically, and I know DeMonte's kind of in the same boat here, and DeMonte was great as well, but for Trent, he comes in as one of the last John Gross recruits. He could have transferred. He was a four-star kid out of Florida. He did not have to honor that commitment, and he did. He was fantastic his freshman year as a sort of microwave offensive player, had a couple 30-point games. He could get red hot. And then, you know, what it kind of reminded me of is sophomore, junior, and senior year, we talked with Corey on Sunday. And I I meant to ask Corey this, and this is apples and oranges because they are two very different players in some respects, but there are some similarities that their freshman year, they had to carry the load offensively. And then for Trent and Corey, sophomore, junior, and senior year, they had to find that role on the team as not the lead scorer, but good three-point shooter, great defender. Now, what Trent did last night is some superstar alpha dog stuff. With Io being out, somebody had to carry the load. Now, certainly Andre Curbelo, he did his part with 17 points in 19 minutes. My goodness. But Trent was really the motor last night. And I need to check how many minutes he played. I know it's over 30. So he was out there for quite a bit. And he was going 60 miles an hour for the entirety on defense and on offense. And he was playing so loose and free on offense. Of course, the shots were falling. That makes anybody more confident. But he looked like freshman year Trent offensively mixed with senior year Trent defensively. And you put those two things together, that is a hell of a third best player on your team behind Iowa and Kofi. So for Trent, everything he's been through, the fact he didn't have to come here, and he does that in the biggest game of his life, that is so cool. He said so himself. He said, I can't describe this feeling after the game. Trent, you and me both. You know, I mean, here I am sitting in the comfort of my sunroom on my futon watching this game. And then here you are on a national stage. People that are basketball fans, they, they know Trent Frazier if they followed Illinois at all in the last few years. But that was an eye opener. That's the kind of performance that all of a sudden turns this from, yeah, I think this team can make a deep run to, if Trent's playing like that, you can win a damn national title. And we'll get to that conversation in a bit. DeMonte Williams was great. Andre Corbello was a star. Adam Miller continues to play with such confidence. Kofi won the battle between him and Hunter Dickinson. I know production-wise wasn't the biggest night for Kofi, but he got his. And there were a few fouls that I noticed a trend with Kofi. I hope that he continues to stay on the floor, quits being handsy and reaching in like he has the last couple games. I think he'll fix that. But listen, he won the matchup that he needed to. Kofi was terrific. Jacob Grandison, a guy that a couple months ago was essentially a non-factor on this team and now is, what, one loss since he's entered the starting lineup. Not coincidental. Not coincidental that since he has taken that role over and really excelled in it, there were so many little things that he did last night that just had me really excited for the fact that he will be the starter at the fourth spot next year. And you can count on him. You can count on Jacob Grandison. Am I forgetting anybody? Coleman Hawkins had good minutes last night. You know, I didn't tweet anything negative about him, so nothing from Ashley Hawkins in the old Twitter mentions, but listen, Coleman Hawkins gave you some good minutes last night. There was one play that I mentioned to Trevor and Isaac. It was 
a foul on the floor. He got back on defense and he fouled Michigan before the guy could get up an easy shot. And Michigan just had to take it out of bounds. And I think he got the stop. Now that's a small thing, right? But at that point, the game was four or five point Illinois lead. Every shot mattered. And he was Johnny on the spot. I think that he is going to develop rather quickly. I know he's raw. I know that he had a few bad moments against Wisconsin and he has been a huge, a huge factor for you if we're being honest, but when he was put out there yesterday, he gave you good minutes. Who didn't, right? Georgie was good. Georgie with one of his better games of the year. You don't need an A-plus game from everybody, right? I think the encouraging thing about this team that separates them from, let's say, you know, the Dimitri McKamey, Mike Tisdale, and Mike Davis teams. We always complained back then that if one guy was off, you were in trouble. But that's not the case with this team. You're starting to see that there are enough role players that kind of know what their job is that even if one dude has an off night, you got enough others to pick up the slack. And you couple that with the emergence of Andre Curbelo as a legit star. A legit star. That's how he's played the last three games. And even with, even with Io coming back, I don't anticipate Andre Curbelo taking a step back or all of a sudden thinking, oh, what's my role again? What do I do? He's still going to be coming off the bench. He's going to be playing the same exact role when Io comes back. And he can still be the lead guy. He can still create his own shot. Listen, Io as a facilitator... You know, I know that Isaac mentioned this last night. Bringing Io back, is that going to disrupt the chemistry? It's not a silly question to ask. But I think with Io and the kind of style of game that he plays, you notice that he plays within the game. And the hero ball stuff comes late if needed. I think what's so valuable about the last three games, individually, it's been huge for Andre Corbello and Adam Miller. They have been thrust into larger roles, roles where they need to make plays for their team, and they've done so. They've answered the bell tremendously. But for the team at large and their mentality going into the stretch run, I hope they realize, well, wait a second. If we just come out with this urgency and you add Io to the mix, who's beating us? Let's talk national title. Can we do that? I'm not going to jinx him. I'm not going to talk about it too much. But for me, the big shift last night was going from well, you know, you could get a one seed and then it depends on the matchups. And of course, those things are true. You get a one seed, it still depends on the matchups that you have in your bracket. But a one seed is a hell of a lot better spot than a two seed in Baylor or Gonzaga's bracket. Let's just be real about that. But as I look at what we saw last night and at Madison and even the Nebraska game on the heels of what happened in Michigan State, this team is arguably the most dangerous team in the country right now. And you're saying, Carp, now come on. That's easy for you to say. You're an Illinois fan. You're close to it. You're still riding high from the Michigan game. But consider this. March 2nd, you go into arguably the best team in the nation. I mean, there was arguments from people, and I don't think we would have just said, ah, what are you talking about? That were saying Michigan was the best team in the country at this point. Gonzaga hasn't played anyone since December. Baylor was coming off of that break. They got a big win against West Virginia last night. So listen, Michigan, Baylor, Gonzaga, they're all going to be one seeds. And in the discussion of who's the best team right now entering last night, I think a lot of people would have said Michigan. Well, you didn't just beat Michigan, and there was no fluke about it. You smoked them. And the defensive intensity, that's something that can be with this team game in, game out, regardless of how well they're shooting. Defense travels is the old adage, right? And that, if applied to this team, makes them right now, as dangerous as anybody. You throw Io back into the mix. He gets a couple weeks off, essentially. Fresh as can be. Fresh as a daisy. 
He's going to be ready to go. I don't think there's going to be too much of a step that he lost. He's been practicing with the team. So I just view it as, you know, simple arithmetic. This team last night beat arguably the best team in the country by some metrics, and they did so by 20 plus points. And now they're adding Iowa back to the mix. And the mental component of it that used to concern me with this team. Can they flip that switch and keep it on? I am far less concerned after the last three games. It was one of those things that maybe we look back on the Michigan State game and the injury because Sissoko just clobbers Io. And no, I don't wish a broken nose on anybody. I don't wish a broken nose on someone just so the other guys can get reps. But I think even if you asked Io, hey, what happened to Michigan State? If that got you guys into the shape that you needed to be to make that deep run in March, would you take it? I think I would say, yep. And I know that's a very roundabout way to get where you need to be, but this team seems to have found another gear out of necessity. And I think now that they've experienced it and they know what it's like to play at that level defensively, game in, game out for 40 minutes each game. Hey guys, just do that. I'm not talking about the offense. That was spectacular last night, too, for the last 30 minutes of the game. You don't even need to be that effective offensively. But Michigan, a team with length, a team that was, in my mind, in many people's minds, a terrible matchup for this Illinois team because of their wing play. I got like Franz Wagner, who's 6'9", Isaiah Lever, 6'7". Well, where's the length? We're giving up inches to these guys. Didn't matter. Did not matter. I thought the bugaboo for this team is I'm watching West Virginia before the game last night. West Virginia, a bunch of six, seven guys, athletes that can shoot. I texted Trevor and Isaac, I don't like this matchup in the tournament. Why the hell not after watching the game last night? Why not? You play defense like that, you can win the national title. It is crazy to be having this conversation a week after the Michigan State game or even in the same season where there were the Maryland games and the Ohio State game, even at Rutgers. Missouri, you know, the losses were all frustrating and there were even frustrating wins for this team, but man, they found something and they know it. That's the thing. They know it. When you look at the fun they were having last night, the contagiousness, if that's a word, right, of success, it is just trickling down from the seniors to the freshmen all the way down to the end of the bench. That bench was insane last night. And it isn't easy to always have that energy in a game. But one thing this year has taught us is that usually when the lights are brightest, this team responds. There have been few cases where that's not the case in the last two months, especially when the lights are brightest, this team not only responds, but they play some of their best basketball, which leads me to believe that as you enter the stretch run, including Saturday at Ohio State with the one seat on the line against a team that beat you at home, and you want to make that statement that, hey, we are the best team in the Big Ten, regardless of if we get first or not, we are a one seed in the NCAA tournament. I have much more faith in this team in a big game that they're going to show up. And every game now is a big game. Ohio State, Big Ten Tournament, NCAA Tournament. That's it. You're still technically in a position where you might just play three more games this year. I don't think that's going to be the case. I mean, that would be shocking at this point. Knock on wood, you know, three more games and then it could be over. But that's the truth of the matter. And urgency you know, when you're in mid-January playing a Sunday night game against Maryland, I understand why maybe that's not there. It frustrated the hell out of me, and you guys would have heard that on the podcast, or the Saturday afternoon against Ohio State. Frustrated the hell out of me. Why can't this team find that urgency game in, game out? 
But now there is no choice but to be urgent and to know that this is it. And not only is this it, but yeah, guys, we can actually do this. That would be an amazing feel. I, I wish I could just for you know five minutes experience the feeling that those guys have in the locker room right now, where they're going to the oven today, maybe just reviewing some tape, taking a light day. And as they walk there, they know. They know they can win a national title. I've never been, you know, beyond Park District basketball. I've never been playing sports at any sort of level where I would know what that's like to feel like, oh my God, we can do this. And, and that can propel this team. That can. I don't think it's going to turn them into, ah, we got this, guys, in some sort of negative way. I think it will turn them into, oh, hey, remember what we did at Michigan and what we did at Wisconsin? Uh, let's just keep doing that. And what they did and the consistent thing there was the defense. And Lou Henson harped on it. That was his mantra, defense. Got him a lot of success. Got him a Final Four run. Got him an Elite Eight run that probably should have been a Final Four run, if not for some bad luck. If you look back at the 0405 team, it was defense. That offense was tremendous. But if you think about it, that defense was equally as good. That was a team that mostly held their opponents to 60 points or less. They were fantastic on both sides. So even in those games in the NCAA a tournament where you turn the ball over, let's say 20 times. It could happen. We saw it against Wisconsin last night. You cleaned it up quite a bit after the first 10 minutes, but let's say you turn the ball over 20 times. Well, we found out this team can win despite that. Let's say you aren't shooting that well. Well, we found out this team can win despite that. And they might not win by 20 or 25 every game. It's not going to be as easy as last night at number two, Michigan in Ann Arbor. Crazy as that sounds. Most games are not going to be that easy. But then you start looking back at all the different kinds of wins that they've gotten this year. The very creative ways in which they've amassed all these wins. And you think, oh, um, they could do this. So as we're sitting here on an absolutely beautiful March day, by the way, absolutely gorgeous. Spring has sprung. It is March. You have a probable one seed in the NCAA tournament. Yes, we got a big game on Saturday. I'm going to be honest. That does not concern me. I'm not concerned with this team anymore. I'm not going to do this whole roller coaster thing that, oh, will they show up or will they not? The lights are going to be bright again. They know what's in front of them. They'll take care of it. They will take care of it on Saturday, even against a good Ohio State team. And yeah, it'll be closer than the Michigan game. It will be. But I have faith now, man. I, I'm, I'm fully on board. And how could you not be after last night? I think most Illini fans are. Of course, there's going to be that pit in the stomach, that little itch that says, oh, but what if? And I understand that. And as an Illini fan and really any college basketball fan, you know that you are dealing with a single elimination tournament. And that is always fraught with anxiety and, oh God, please don't lose to this team. Please don't lose to that team. But you have somehow, someway played your way into a one seed. And when I start looking at the possible seven or 10 seeds in the second round, when I start looking at the other two seeds, let's say like an Alabama. Really? That's, that's it? There are teams, of course, that are going to give you problems that are going to be challenges. But if you play like you did the last two games, there is nothing stopping you from making a Final Four. And then you get there, ladies and gentlemen, you make a Final Four, of course I want that national title, and I will get greedy then. But that is, talk about a tangible thing, a banner you can raise, immediately memorable, right? You know that that season is going to go down in history, in this program's history, is one of the best. It's already on track to do that. And the weird coincidence, by the way, that this happens every 16 years, 89, 05, 21. 
It's uncanny. 89, one seed, final four. 2005, one seed, final four. 21, probable one seed. I'm not going to say probable final four, but you know what? (laughs) Why not? Why not? Let's dream big. Let's dream big here because God knows that they are over at the oven today and they should be. It was fantastic, man. I'm trying to think about other Illini games where there's that carryover effect into the next day where even people that you don't really have sports conversations with, like other teachers at school today, just saying, oh my God, that was unbelievable last night. Where one of the teachers I work with said, you know, my husband's not even that into college basketball. And he was like, whoa, what is going on here? I mean, that was the kind of performance that would turn anybody's head. I had students today. And, you know, for these younger kids, Illinois basketball for most of their lives hasn't been that big of a deal, but it is. I'm seeing a lot of swag today that these students are wearing because they probably have the same feeling that I did when I was in middle school and Bill Saul first came here and it's like, man, Illinois basketball is cool because it is cool. Illinois basketball is cool. That's a cool team. Personalities all over. So earlier for a team that I thought was easy to like and hard to love because performances like Maryland and all that, now nah, it's a pretty easy team to love. There's that picture that's going around of Corbello, Georgie, I think Adam Miller, and DeMonte as they're locking arms or arms over their shoulders as Trent is shooting the technicals after Juwan picked up a tee. And it's like, oh my God, that's cinematic right there. <laughs> uh, there's the gif going around of Coleman Hawkins freaking out. And I'm pretty sure that was when Trent had the step back three-pointer after those technical shots, if I, if I recall correctly, where Hawkins was going nuts. It's a hilarious picture. He even tweeted that out himself today. Adam Miller tweeting out, do we have your attention? Or something like that. And, you know, these guys are feeling themselves. And damn it, they should be. They really should be. The nation will be watching again on Saturday against Ohio State. And I already said earlier, and I, I mean this, I, I'm not worried about that game. Call it, you know, being cocky or arrogant, but you get Io back. You get this team with the same mindset that they've been playing the last week. They'll be fine. They'll take care of it. This is an Ohio State team that is off for the week. I love the fact that you had a game on Tuesday. Ohio State did not get a get-right game between Iowa and when they play you. There is a template with how you beat Ohio State. And we saw defensively. Here's the thing. Iowa defensively shook Ohio State. So you do what you did defensively to Michigan, you're beating Ohio State. That's it. Game over, okay? (laughs) It's like Michigan is the bat with the donut on it. I've used this analogy before. You're in the batter's box. Here's Michigan. Donut on the bat. You're swinging it. It's heavy. You take the donut off. Now you get a nice light bat. That's Ohio State. And that's not to criticize anything that they've done. They're probably going to get a two seed. And if they beat Illinois, they're still in the one seed conversation. So this is not a game I enter Saturday lightly. But when you look at all the indicators and what happened last night, but also what's happened the last week, and you bring Io back into the mix. Let's do it. Let's win it. As I look at the Big Ten tournament seedings, uh, let's see here. I had it right here. If it were to happen today, you're the two seed, and that's going to stick. Michigan's the one seed. That is all probably going to stick, right? Purdue's the four, so they're on the Michigan side of the bracket. Iowa's on your side of the bracket. By the way, Purdue, they keep winning. It wasn't a blowout against Wisconsin last night, but... They keep winning. They'll probably get a four seed in the NCAA tournament. You would right now face the winner of Indiana and Maryland. Now, you can thank Rutgers for that, for losing inexplicably 
at Nebraska by 20 points or whatever it was, because it would have been Rutgers, Indiana winner. I think Indiana's probably going to stay there on the 10 line, and then Maryland at the 7. That is a bit of a dangerous team, and we'll see if they can't play their way into the 6 and bring Wisconsin back down to the 7. No offense to Wisconsin. I know it's not easy to beat a team three times, but I'll take my chances against Wisconsin one more time because they can't, they can't hang with you. I'm sorry, they can't. Again, is that arrogance talking? No, they can't hang with you. I'll play them a third time. That's fine. And honestly, Indiana might beat them. So whatever, but bring them. Bring Indiana, bring Wisconsin. And if it comes down to it, bring Maryland. That would be the Friday game in the Big Ten tournament. You get that in all likelihood, you are playing Iowa. Now, I don't want to lose to Iowa. I don't want to split the season series. I want to beat them. That would be a hell of a game. And that's why winning Saturday just takes care of everything, right? You go into the Big Ten tournament completely free of having to win this game or win that game to solidify the one seed. You win Saturday, it's over. You got the one seed. And talk about going into the Big Ten tournament loose, but loose and fancy free, right? But it's so easy, as I said with Jeremy. It would have been so easy to look at the last week and think, at Michigan, at Ohio State, the likeliest of outcomes, and even Ken Palm said this, would be going 0-2. That's the likeliest outcome. But it ain't that easy. And it does a disservice to this team to just say, well, yeah, it's tough. I don't think they're going to win it. Listen, everything's on the table right now. And it is difficult to imagine this team losing to Ohio State, winning one game in the Big Ten tournament, losing to Iowa. I, no, it, there's a trajectory here. There is an upward trajectory. And it is very difficult for me to imagine that all of a sudden coming to a halt. If it does, it's going to take some really Herculean efforts from Ohio State and, and, and even Iowa, even Iowa. But, uh, man, just the way we're talking here, guys. I mean, I'm trying not to be unreasonable or, or just, you know, jump the gun here. But we can stop pretending like this is a merely good team. <laughs> we, can stop that, we can stop that ruse right now. No, they are fantastic. And they're getting even better at the right time. So let's go. Let's do this. Let's win a national title. Just for a second for this exercise, I'm not one of those that thinks, you know, if you, if you have positive thoughts, those things will come into existence. I'm not a believer of that. What's that called? The secret, right? If you just have a positive mindset, things will happen. No, listen, a little bit of luck. Things have to go your way. You got to work hard. Just thinking positive alone is not going to make it come true. But let's try this mental exercise. Imagine waking up on Tuesday. What would that be? I want to make sure I get this right here. Tuesday, April 6th. And you wake up after, I don't know, two, three hours of blurry-eyed sleep, probably a little bit hungover, as you should be, after you stayed up all night celebrating Illinois' first national championship. And that's why you play the games. And that's why we watch them. And that's why year in, year out, not that we go into any season thinking, hey, maybe we'll get off the schneid this year and finally win that national title. But this is a program that has had that albatross on our backs for so long. Brad Underwood said national title yesterday. If he's saying it to the media, guaranteed he's saying that to his own players. And as... These dudes are walking campus today, and they're heading to practice. They're thinking it. So how about you think it too? Just for fun. Think about what it'd be to wake up on that Tuesday. I'd go into school just like, you know, completely zonked out, but just slap happy 
jubilant. I think I'd say, kids, we're watching a Simpsons episode today. Mr. Carpenter's not teaching. I'm basking in the glow. In fact, I would probably just replay the second half of the game each hour, like a YouTube 30-minute cut of the second half. Kids, this is when Illinois won the national title. That's what we would do. That's Mr. Carpenter's writing class on Tuesday, April 6th. So what would you do? How would you feel? Some of it is so beyond me that even trying to think, how would I feel in that moment? I, I can't really put that into words. Just like last night, I couldn't verbalize all of my thoughts. It was shocking in the best way possible. But it is a conversation and a thought exercise worth having. So on that positive note, listen, we got games in front of us. We got a big game on Saturday. I feel great about it, but you still got to play it. You still got to play it. But if this team does what they did last night in terms of the intensity that they bring, the execution was phenomenal too, but just the intensity alone. They do that and they're going to be fine. They will be fine. And every single dude on that bench believes it. And I believe it too. I believe it. 200 Levels brought to you by DP Doe. Online at dpdoe.com. Use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones, $6 premium and construction zones. Again, that's a dpdoe.com. We appreciate them. Steve and the guys over there. It was a campus institution back when I was in school. So here we are 15 some years later. And make that your make that your lucky food. I don't know about you guys, but I got a friend that they would get hot walk back in 2005. Their whole thing was they would get hot walk every game day. The one day that they did not get the hot walk, Ohio State. You got it. So make DP Doe your lucky food of this March Madness run and use coupon code Mike for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Fourthandkirby.com, Corey Bradford t-shirt. It's sick. It's amazing. I told you guys, I wouldn't lie to you. Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. That goes for the Corey t-shirt or any t-shirt. Lots of great swag. You need to get your lucky shirt for this stretch run here at fourthandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen, all mine at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian and his staff will hook you up with great service and, of course, great State Farm prices. brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction. R-E-C-T-O-R construction.com. Everything from a new roof, crawl space inspection, and everything in between. Great dudes as well. And when it comes to home projects, you kind of want to trust the guys that are doing it. You can with Rector Construction online at RECTORConstruction.com or give them a call at 217-281-7000 today. All right, Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network. What you're hearing is decadence out of your head from our latest album, Fever Dreams, wherever music is streaming. We may or may not be back before Saturday. I don't know. Maybe we'll take a couple days off here, but you can bask in the glow of this until the game on Saturday afternoon, and you can bet we'll be back for that one. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. We'll see you soon. It is the 200 level.